Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we watch... And rewatch The 90s animated series Reboot. I'm Jessica. I've been a fan for a long time. I'm Ben, and I'm watching this for the first time. Each week, we'll take an episode, dissect it, inject some trivia, and try to find our frostiest moments. This week, it's time for a great escape in the return of the Crimson Binom. So how you doing, Jess? Oh, I am. I've been better, but I think all my wasps are dead. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ben? Uh, it's pretty good. I've actually started up Deep Space Nine now that I've finished my TNG watch. I've been enjoying that. I'm actually into uh, season two now. Ooh, that means you got to see the uh, fun episode where they have to sing a little song and do a hopscotch. Oh, yes. Uh, Ella Moraine, come with me, Ella Moraine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird one for sure. <laughs> it's a very dark Star Trek series about the complexities of, and grayness of war. And then that. <laughs> Shall we uh, try and get into this? Let's go. Alright, so today we're doing Season 3, Episode 9, The Return of the Crimson Binome. It first aired on October 15th, 1997. It was written by Christy Marks. The story is by Gavin Blair, Christy Marks, Dan DiDio, Phil Mitchell, and Ian Pearson. We actually got a new intro again. That's right. We get a new mission statement. We're no longer looking for mainframe. We're looking for Bob in particular. There's like a cool ass opening shot with like the ship and a sad pouty Bob. Uh, we also get a bunch of new shots of this next arc as we are now in version 3.3.1. So we're in the third arc of the third season now. For those counting along. <laughs> And we open up, for the first time in a while, in the same system as we were last time. And we get a cruise ship coming through a port, followed immediately by some cops. And we get a little rewind to see what happened a few minutes before the cliffhanger. Capacitor's on the lam and sees a wanted poster for his arrest. Wanted. Deleted or compiled. 10,000 unit reward for the capture of the Crimson Binome. I like that Mr. Christopher thinks that if they turn themselves in, then they'll get their own reward money, which is pretty <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> He's still worried about that profit margin. <laughs> Capacitor bops the window and stalks away angrily. They decide to enter the cantina and pick up where the last episode left off. Of course, the captain doesn't recognize either of these two weird sprites sitting in a bar alone. There's a funny bit here where Matrix just walks up to them saying, Capacitor, is that you? And he's just completely oblivious to it. He's like squinting and looking around the bar at anything but him. Like the only <laughs> other person in there is walking up to him and talking right at him. And it's like he's not even there. He's also built like a brick wall. So I don't know how you could miss him. <laughs> I do like that in our last episode, we got to see Capacitor walk in and we were immediately overwhelmed with that sense of familiarity. Whereas this time we're getting it from Capacitor's point of view and he's like, who are these two weirdos at the bar hanging out by themselves he assumes at this point that he's some scurvy bounty hunter out for the reward right <laughs> so uh they run off thinking that matrix wants to nab them and uh so matrix puts frisket onto the scent to try and track him down as we uh head over to the prison that was pointed at last week it's swarming with cops and has a large laser fence protecting it and inside an australian surfer and his surfboard are being brought before a judge you have been found guilty of unauthorized system travel. Which I think kind of looks like a weird vending machine. 
Oh, yeah. I saw kind of an old-timey radio. I could definitely see that, too. It sentences him to deletion and have a nice day. At one point, uh, he mouths off and one of the guards tries hitting him in the abs of steel, but it's not very effective. <laughs> However, when we hit him in the surfboard, he gets knocked out cold. Yes, yeah, so a couple of binomes lock up his surfboard and toss him into a cell as some other more piratey binomes look on. Cut to Matrix chasing down the captain. Frisket has cornered Capacitor, but he pulls out his wand and freezes him inside a green cube. I forgot he could do that. Yeah, in fact, he did that exact same thing to Frisket in the first episode he was in. It's at this point that Capacitor goes, Huh, now this seems familiar. Haven't I trapped you in a green cube before? <laughs> Glory be! I know those teeth! And he's about to freeze Matrix and Andrea when Matrix finally reveals his identity. So he's like, Little Enzo? He's like, well, Little Enzo is what I call my, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> little Enzo is what Andrea calls my, you know. <laughs> I like here that Matrix has to call out his true name to get him to stop. Rumpel's Duskin. No, wait, that wasn't your name. It's been a while. Yeah, it's uh, Gavin, which I also forgot. <laughs> The captain kind of speaks for the audience, and he's like, so, uh, where's Dot and Bob? Kind of miss them. And I'm like, I feel you, Cap, right there with you. <laughs> he's like, so, uh, how come old? And they explain how they've been, you know, game hopping outside of time. And I like how he looks over at Andrea. He's like, no regrets, right? And she's just kind of silent, looking into the middle distance, like, Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> it's about then that Matrix gets to the heart of the matter. They need a ride, and Lyft hasn't been invented yet. So we learned that after the shutdown of Mainframe, uh, the Saucy Mirror actually did try to stay on the straight and narrow, but... Uh, For some reason, the Guardians took exception to that. We've been on the run ever since. Yeah, he's like, my crew is all in prison, uh, my ship's been impounded, and before you can say jailbreak, Andrea is off distracting the guards by being quote-unquote seductive. <laughs> but my dog, he's missing. Have any of you seen him? Uh, apparently her her way of being seductive is to just stand there, which, you know, is fair. I, well, I mean, I guess if you're into sex dolls, I don't know. <laughs> Look, we might have differences of opinion here. But she looks good for a 90s computer-generated something. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, distraction allows Frisket to burst in and wreak havoc while she throws a starfish across their computer consoles. Very much like Xena. One of the guards manages to press the alarm at this point, giving Matrix the cue he needs to blast through a three-foot-plus stone wall with one shot of gunfire. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of cut back and forth a bit between the two, but, like, Andrea tells Frisket to go get the ship from the impound while she keeps the cops busy, and uh, she razzes the police a little bit and then uses her trident as a pole vault as they shoot at her. Matrix and Capacitor get stuck in a door where Matrix shoots his way through the wall. And I'm starting to think that the real secret weapon this whole time was actually just the gun. Yeah, they come to the code locked door and Enzo fires at it like almost before Capacitor can even get out of the way. Like that was almost the end of him right there. <laughs> <laughs> they then uh, find the crew and quickly release him after Enzo's impressive display of manliness. Do you mean gun? Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Because uh, I'll give you one guess as to how they freeze the prisoners. <laughs> Let's see, lockpick, lockpick. Uh... No, just just 
blast everything in the way. <laughs> the crew is very happy to be released. Even Bula, who, uh, hey, Enzo, how's it going? She's into eye patches, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, surfer dude is like, hey, uh, what about me? And Enzo just squints. He's like, bitch, I don't know you. It's a very Anne Randian moment. You're of no use. <laughs> yeah. Capacitor calls him out. He's like, dude, why are you being such a dick? He'll change more than I thought. What would Dot, fine woman that she be, think of her brother behaving in such a churlish manner? So uh, Enzo reluctantly, and again dangerously, blasts the jail cell right by the surfer's head. The dude, he's even genial and thanks him, but Enzo's just such an asshole to him right off the bat for no reason. He's such a dick. And like, my first thought is, is this some kind of like, unresolved sexual tension like he's just like i can't be into this guy i have to be into andrea i'll just be mean to him instead like you're like a kid on the playground like why are you so mean he's had no prior interaction with this guy at all and hates his guts on sight immediately it's gotta be it's gotta be that he finds him too attractive that's that's all i got from <laughs> So the surfer asks if he could get one more shot out at the locker that's holding his board, and Enzo purposely aims right at him, saying, next time it'll be your head. Why is he so aggro? Why? <laughs> you know, we haven't seen all their adventures. Maybe he's had some bad luck with Australians in the past. <laughs> the surfer's parting advice is to head to the edge of beyond, which, I'll be honest, sounds pretty cool, and totally like somewhere a surfer would go. <laughs> So meanwhile, Frisk gets uh, running off the binomes at the docks. Which is guarded by a bunch of nerdy binomes for some reason. Yeah. They've all got like the lab coats and the glasses and the funny hair. <laughs> I straight up thought one of them was a penguin at first. <laughs> um, so there is a penguin in this episode, but we'll get back to that. Yeah, I saw him <laughs> later, but yeah. <laughs> but the surfer starts evading the police and they say, surrender or die. And he says, tough choice, but you're in my space now. MySpace? Man, this is an old show. <laughs> and also, they're not in your space. You're in their space. Your space is the web. This is like the town that they live in. Get over yourself. <laughs> the uh, pirates are excited as they finally get to board their favorite ship. Matrix hooks up with Frisket again, but Frisket is not too happy because Andrea still has yet to show up. They're uh, waiting for her to come as some ominous ships approach. But speaking of Andrea, she's also running from the cops and gets cornered herself. Did she run down the same alley that Capacitor did in the beginning? Possibly. <laughs> she's hoisted by her own petard. <laughs> <laughs> they give her the same option. Surrender or die! And she gives the same response. Gee, tough choice. It's about this time that uh, the surfer sees a lovely damsel in distress. Uh, and casually steps off his surfboard, which has a blade on the side of it. Well, before that, he takes the opportunity to look down her bra. What do we have here? To be fair, it's very easy to look down her bra. You don't have to be very high to do it. What's <laughs> the only thing you're wearing? <laughs> but swoop in he does, as his board chops off the ends of the police car's guns, which I guess makes them useless. Uh, yeah, I think that's how guns work, right? If you cut off the very end of the barrel? Isn't that what a sawed-off shotgun is? <laughs> we just had a gun shoot through a stone wall at this point. I think I've lost all track of what guns do. <laughs> so he finally introduces himself now that we're three minutes from the end of the show. Ray Tracer, a web surfer. And he invites her to come along with him, but she turns the tables and has him tag along with her group instead. She's like, hey, you going my way, buddy? Speaking of, back at the dock, uh, the captain is... 
ordered the engines online, and uh, Matrix isn't too happy about it because his girlfriend is still not there. And when she does arrive, he's not even relieved to see her. He's just pissed that Tracer's with him. I'm, I'm telling you, I think he's got a thing for him. <laughs> That's all I can figure out. They have a little bit of a pissing match, and we get a fun little slow-mo shot of Capacitor being surprised by a cannon going off behind him, which blows his hat off. We get the fire at will command, and the uh, saucy mare takes off and gets some hits on the way. Yeah, they're taking fire from all sides, uh, but they're able to hold their own and make it to the ring, which acts as a portal to the edge of beyond. Now, did we see this effect the last time we saw them? It looks familiar. Was it when they kidnapped Bob? The kind of, like, almost Star Trekian yeah. to warp speed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we did. I think that's the same effect. Okay. I'd have to so. go back and double check, though. At any rate, Enzo's had it with the surfer guy. How dare he do literally nothing at all except save Andrea, help them all escape, and be a generally decent guy. <laughs> Even Frisket isn't a fan. <laughs> the ship actually stops mid-portal, uh, and it turns out they've gotten hit in their portal generator, and they're dead in the water for all intents and purposes. Dead in this empty space cluttered with a bunch of shapes, like pyramids and cubes and spheres and stuff. It's pretty handy at this point that they have a web surfer who can take them to the web in a web portal. It's a little talent of mine. But that's still not enough to get Matrix out of his funk. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'd be happy to help. And Matrix is like, ah. How dare you help us on our mission? <laughs> Pleasant chap. Does he have a smile? This time, like, I get it, he's flirting with Andrea at the same time, but for real, he's just been against him for no reason this whole time. Also, Capacitor flirted with Andrea not ten minutes ago, and then Andrea <laughs> seduced a whole room of guards with the look. So, th there is something else going on here. <laughs> oh boy, this is, this is a weird one. <laughs> we finally get to end the episode on Matrix's glowing eye as he's about to murder Ray Tracer right in front of everybody. This has been a, like a recurring theme for the last few. Like he went to, sh to murder the uh, stuffed animals and now he's going to murder Tracer <laughs> at the very end. Maybe the M stands for murder. That's what happens when you get an eyeball tattoo. Reboot! So uh, what'd you think about this one, Jess? I thought it was fun. Uh, mostly because I got to see Ray Tracer again. So I've kind of alluded to you before that there would be a character that you would get a kick out of the idea of what he was. And this is who I was talking about, is a literal web surfer with a surfboard that he surfs the web on. Yeah, now, so, <laughs> as someone who frequently surfs the web, I'm wondering what he's supposed to be a stand-in for. <laughs> I mean, at the time, I could definitely see that being a thing. You had people that would hear the term surfing the web and would say, oh, obviously, you gotta get a guy on a surfboard. That's what surfing the web is, right? Like, it, it's the 90s, that so it wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now. Like, now to say that, like, oh, man, you're surfing the web. It's like, well, yeah, that's what we all do every time we poop. That's just how it works. <laughs> it's too bad um, the Evil Dead episode didn't air, like, a few years later, and they could have made a Facebook joke. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun to see Ray Tracer again. I remember their, like their battle with each other, like that kind of animosity. I didn't remember that it had zero basis. 
Yeah. That was really weird. Like, I would I would have thought that, like, if he was, like, constantly flirting with Andrea and, like, there was a threat from him from the beginning or something like that, that'd be one thing. But, yeah, like, it comes out of nowhere just because, like, he doesn't know him from, like, Adam, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which is strange because we haven't seen this kind of reaction from him in these last four episodes. Like, we've seen him be grumpy towards people, but that was kind of part of the thing that they were doing, you know? Like, he'd be grumpy, she'd be nice, they'd train the people. Like, he wasn't outright, like, I'm gonna leave you in this jail to die. Yeah, and I'll come out and say it, I'm, I'm pretty sick of this whiny adult version of Matrix just being this tantrum-y baby man. Like, I'm, I'm glad that at least Capacitor called him out on it, because, man, like, as protagonists go, he is not at all sympathetic right now. <laughs> oh, no, he's not sympathetic at all. And when I say that I love grumpy, whiny Enzo, it's mostly because I love laughing at him. <laughs> like, I don't take, I don't take him seriously. <laughs> like, he acts grumpy, and I just want to be like, uh-huh, sure, kid. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm I'm kind of done. Like, I don't care in the slightest about Matrix or Andrea at this point. Like, if we could just replace them with the pirate crew and follow them around instead, I'd be happy. <laughs> well, you're in luck. We're getting a lot more pirate crew coming up. Yeah. <laughs> but that said, like, I actually did enjoy the episode. Like, um, I had fun watching it, at least. So far, this season's track record seems to be about on par with, like, the Star Trek movies, where, much to my surprise, I mostly prefer the odd-numbered ones. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a really fun episode, and I really enjoyed watching it. It was just really weird to see this kind of relationship where her, like, that's what I remembered was was Tracer flirted with Andrea and Matrix didn't like it. But it almost feels like he's flirting with Andrea to make Matrix angry at this point, because Matrix was already a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's interesting that there's no real impetus to this, so. <laughs> but overall, good, enjoyable episode. Yeah. For sure. Alphanumeric! So, uh, did you bring the trivia this week? I did. Uh, so we, again, got a new intro, which I believe is our fourth for the season. Or maybe fifth. Wait, for the season? Uh, yeah, so our first intro of the season didn't have all the clips from the episodes. The second episode, we got all the clips from episodes one through four. The third episode was the firewall intro. The fourth uh, intro was in the fifth episode when we finally got older Andrea and Matrix. Uh, and now I, this is our fifth intro for the season. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking in terms of the arcs and forgot about the firewall and like the season opener. So yeah, we've gotten more intros than we have seasons so far in <laughs> <laughs> just this season. Yeah. Uh, next we have the voice of Ray Tracer. Ray Tracer is played by Donald Gibson. Um, if you liked his Australian accent, it's because he's actually Australian. And if you thought it sounded like Mel Gibson, that's because he's Mel Gibson's brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, fun fact, uh, Donald Gibson played John Smith in Pocahontas 2. So if you can't afford to get Mel Gibson back for your voice acting, you can just hire his brother. I don't <laughs> know if it's he's as racist and anti-Semitic as his brother. So if he's not, good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we get Ray Tracer. Uh, Ray Tracer is a reference to ray tracing, which is a method for producing visual images in 3D. Oh. Yes. Uh, and on Ray Tracer is the Motorola logo. Um, the company actually won a contest to get their logo placed on Ray. Huh. <laughs> uh, we get the prison guards who are 
of all things, a reference to the French Foreign Legion. All right. Uh, you know, colonialism for the win, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, we get our penguin pal. Uh, so Feathers McGraw is back. He is seen behind bars in the prison and manages, I guess, to escape with the pirates because he's later seen on the saucy manor when they crash. This is wrong. This is all wrong. Did you, in the course of watching this episode, find yourself a frosty moment? Uh, so my frosty moment's kind of weird here. <laughs> <laughs> so it was during this episode that I remembered a music video uh, that I saw. <laughs> all right. So I think they still do this nowadays. But when I was in college, we watched a whole ton of AMVs or anime music videos in which inventive fans would edit various moments from anime or, you know, I guess their favorite TV shows or favorite animated <laughs> 3D, uh, <laughs> 3D reboot shows <laughs> to music, to different songs. And there was a whole bunch of reboot ones that I watched back in college with my roommate. Um, and one of them was all about the sexual stuff that was in reboot. Oh, okay. And it was just making, it was, all it was was making fun of the fact that everywhere you look, there was boobs and butts and jokes about penises and stuff like that. <laughs> and it was the moment where Ray Tracer's like lying in jail and he like looks up and is like, Matrix, help me. And like his butt is what's in frame. It's like the foreground of the frame is just Ray Tracer's butt. And that was like a moment in the video <laughs> where they were doing. This is where your slash fiction theory came, came from. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's the weirdest scene for this to break, like, that one moment, I was just like, <laughs> oh my god, I used to watch anime music videos about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, of all the moments in this ep- in this whole series that would remind me of the silly anime music videos I watched, it was Ray Tracer's butt. So I guess Ray Tracer's <laughs> butt gets my frostiest moment this week. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so... Mine's actually not a moment in particular, but it's like a design choice. So the thing that I couldn't stop focusing on uh, was Capacitor's tattoos, I guess? Oh, I noticed that too! Yeah, like he has this doily pattern around his eye and under his hat, and then some other intricate design on the back of his head. Like, I don't know if that was always there from like back in season one, but I couldn't keep my eyes off it this time. I did the same thing. I was like, wow, it, like it must have been in the earlier season. But it was really cool how the tattoo like went around his eye. I thought that was interesting. I was like, what would that look like if it was a person? Like, would the tattoo like go around his eye in real life, or just be like on the whole side of his face? Like, yeah. I was trying to figure that out. It was pretty great. And I kept wanting to see like the back of his head to see like the wraparound design there. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be interesting if we got to see like the full tattoo thing. Slightly better than Ray Tracer's butt. <laughs> <laughs> So let's open up our mailbag and see what feedback we got this week. So William Burton on Facebook says he definitely feels the energy back in this episode. The pirate crew are a lot of fun. Mr. Christopher's comment that they should turn themselves in to yield the profit gets me every time. <laughs> that was my one of my favorite lines in there, too. It's subtle, but good. Nolan Hayes on Twitter, uh, it's my DeLorean, says, It's been said that this ep is Matrix at his cruelest when he dismisses Tracer's pleas for help, knowing that he'll be deleted for no reason. At that point, Matrix has no reason to dislike the guy, really. (laughs) Just trying to maintain his tough renegade image, I guess. (laughs) 
uh, Cameron O'Hara on Twitter points out the joke, which I did see in the um, in the Wikipedia, but had to actually really listen in the episode to hear it. Uh, when Capacitor says to fire at will, one of the pirates goes, who's Will? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he also points out that Ray has no ears. And now that's all I can see is Ray has no ears. Oh, man, I'll have to keep a lookout for that. <laughs> next week <laughs> he just has hair where his ears should be <laughs> at wakumagoose kimura on twitter so his frostiest moment is uh andrea's distracting of the guards <laughs> her, her her just standing there and not quite bending over <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny too is that she actually bend over she just like sat down she like squatted yeah <laughs> I do find it interesting, though, that Andrea and Frisket were able to sneak into the jail to get to the video monitoring room. They couldn't just sneak to the rest of the jail. <laughs> well, there's too many locks. <laughs> the whole point was to distract them so that way the Enzo could blast into the room with undetected. That feels like kind of like letting Enzo have his fun. Like, I feel like if it was Frisket and Andrea, they just would have gone in and broke people out and left. And there not, would have been none of this whole, like, <laughs> shooting of anything and anyone. But they're like, all right, Enzo wants to shoot a wall. So, all right, whatever. But yeah, he shoots the wall. Then he shoots the door. Then he shoots the jail cell. And then he shoots the locker. It was just like all in a row. <laughs> he really likes his gun. I think it's time to make this voyage unprofitable. So is there anything you want to recommend this week? I don't know if I would call it a recommendation. I discovered this new game, a type of game, called Nonograms. It's kind of like reverse Minesweeper. You kind of make a picture by placing mines, depending on what the numbers on the top and the bottom say. It's been horribly addictive and has ruined my productivity for the week. So I can't recommend it in the sense that I think you should go out and do it. But if you really need some puzzles to, like, uh, make your brain go, hmm, and you're not quite sure what you want to play. Uh, Nonograms has definitely filled that itch for me this week. <laughs> uh, and, it, you know, there's there's a bunch of free ones that you can play online. And then I was, but I've been playing them on my, my phone as well. So I apologize to everyone to whom I owe work uh, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I will quit any day now. What about you, Ben? Have anything you want to recommend? I picked up a new game this week, too. It's um, Star Trek Flux. Ooh, that sounds fun. And I haven't actually gotten to play it yet, but I'm excited to do that. I had to pick up the uh, TOS and TNG versions. Oh, fun. I haven't played Flux in forever. So what are we looking at next week? So next week, we go to the edge of beyond. Bum, bum, bum. We get to see uh, a little bit more of that uh, classic Matrix Ray squabble. And, uh... We get to see just how important Andrea is to Matrix. Oh, it's about time. (laughs) Okay, well, that sounds good. Well, a short episode this week, but uh, if you want to join the conversation, always uh, you can feel free to follow us at Incoming Game Pod on Twitter, Incoming Game Cast on Facebook, and IncomingGameCast.com. You can find me at Dudworks, D-U-D-W-O-R-K-S. You can find me at Sturvino Lady, that's S-T-I-R-V-I-N-O Lady. Our theme music is Spasmatica Polka by Kevin McLeod. Look down, look down, don't look them in the eye. Look down. What, what are you doing? <laughs> it's it's Lima's Miser- Raw. They're in the prison, and they, they you know, there's a prison in the episode. Look, look down. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Keep going. Do you hear the people sing, sing songs of angry men? <laughs> Stay frosty, everybody. <laughs>
over. A user wins.